When it comes to the second half of your life, you deserve the opportunity to thrive. That's why Doug Bentle founded Second Half Capital. I'm going to put you on the spot. How old are you? I'm 59 and a half. Are you for real? You're that retirement number, 59 and a half? I turned 59 and a half just a little bit ago. (laughs) You had to think about it on your own birthday. That's amazing. I was trying to be very opaque (laughs) so nobody would know my birthday. Of course, they can look that up out on the social medias. That's true. That's true. You get all the Facebook reminders and things, which, by the way, Second Half Capital is on Facebook. It's at Second Half Capital. Make sure that you like us, follow us, and that way you know when the latest podcast comes out. Everybody's going there. The Facebook. It's not like it's been in the news lately or anything. Anyway, let's move forward from that. You just went to your 51st high school reunion. I'm not that old. 41st. 41st, Kristen. I swear you said 51st. Well, maybe I did. You didn't. I was just trying to make you feel old. Right. Well, it worked. (laughs) So, no, our 40th got canceled last year Mm -hmm. on account of the vid. And so we rescheduled it. And, And we've got a great class. I mean, they just did a tremendous job. I have a brother who he was having his official 40th. And I have a younger brother who was having his 30th. And our class had all these activities Thursday night. Friday golf, wow. Friday night, Saturday parade, Saturday night event. And you, I saw a photo, were on the float in the parade. I waved. Actually, I felt really bad. We were throwing candy. You know, it's kind of this Norman Rockwell scene mm-hmm. in my little town. And we're throwing candy to all the kids and their parents. I threw a candy bar to a healthy-looking guy on a bike. But there would be people who they would wave their hands and like, hey, throw me. And so I had a, like a, I think it was a Three Musketeers, you know, just a little small size, yeah. fun size. And I tossed it overhand. I didn't throw it. I tossed it overhand, and a woman just looks away, and I beamed her right in the head. (laughs) And she was not happy. Happy homecoming. She was not happy at all. Homecoming is a huge milestone, whether you are a baby boomer and you're going back for your 41st, or you're a baby boomer and you're seeing the grandkids Mm -hmm. go to their homecoming and they're in high school, in college. You've got all the fun that surrounds that. And in that socialization for those of us that are grown that go to these gatherings, we start talking about the news headlines. It's just what we do. Well, actually, first, we talk about our health. That's the number one. (laughs) I hate that that's true, but it is. Right after that is, God, can you believe what's happening with this country? Oh, yeah. One way or another. It's not a right or left. It's just going to be said. Right. Especially right now with all of the headlines and the pandemic still sort of looming, and we're seeing more volatility on Wall Street. Doug, it's got many wondering, should I buy the dips on the days it goes Mm -hmm. down? In fact, a writer for Nasdaq.com recently admitted that he got it wrong when he advised baby boomers against that in the major dip during the early days of the pandemic. But he says he still stands by that advice today. What do you think? Should baby boomers buy the dip when there is volatility? Okay, here's a big hedge, not to use a quasi-market term. It depends. So when people ask that, a myriad of questions flood this 59-and-a-half-year-old head. (laughs) And one of them is, what are you trying to accomplish? Okay. Are you talking about your main portfolio? Are you talking about the bulk of the money that you've saved for retirement? are you talking about some fun money like you would take to Vegas? What are you talking about? And what are you trying to accomplish with that money? Are you just trying to feel good when you go into Starbucks and talk to your buddy? Yeah, I bought that lithium stock the other day. (laughs) Or yeah, I loaded up on that crypto or whatever it might be. 
what are you trying to accomplish? Because your portfolio, and when I say that, I mean it very broadly, but the growth portion of your portfolio, in my book, it needs to be for a couple of very specific purposes. A, we want it to help us keep up with inflation. Okay. And B, if we have legacy plans, we want to make sure that it's being protected so we can pass that along. If you are relying on your portfolio to pay your bills and you are talking about buying the dip, then that assumes that you have money sitting on the sideline. Okay. Or you have stocks that you're willing to dump to go buy some others. But study after study after study have shown that individual investors generally don't make decisions like that very well. Mm -hmm. Are you a day trader? I mean, do you sit there and study the charts and are you on top of this all the time? Or do you check your portfolio a couple of times a month and then think, oh, I'm going to buy the dip? So it's a really, really broad question. But you're actually sort of answering the question, and a lot of advisors, I feel, avoid this. It sounds like you're saying if it's with fun money that you would take to Vegas and gamble and know that you could very likely lose it, maybe. But if it's part of your portfolio that you depend on for sustaining your life in retirement, not so sure. Yeah. Let's say that you used to work for a company and you know their stock, you know what it's going to do, you know, like the back of your hand. For instance, I know people who work for one of the large companies here in town that's actually prospered. In the Atlanta area, yeah. In the Atlanta area that has prospered during the vid. And they just have a good sense for what that stock is going to do and they're, they're retired. and So they can buy the dip. But if you're sitting on the sidelines and you're trying to, to decide when to do that – the other thing you got to make sure of is, okay, then my fear of loss is less than my fear of missing out. That FOMO. FOMO, That's exactly. That's what the kids call it. No, I know. But you know, I mentioned study after study. There's also lots of studies that show if you just stay in the market, then over time, yeah, you'll experience some of those dips, but you'll also experience – what often happens after a dip, and we've seen it recently, where the market goes down and the next day it mm-hmm. jumps right back up. I saw a study that said if you got in in 1980, the year I graduated from high school, Woo-hoo. with 10 grand, and you stayed in for 40 years, if you missed just the best 10 days, then you would have missed out on over. worth of growth. Wow. And so when you talk about buying the dip, what that says is, depending upon what you're trying to accomplish, is I'm trying to time the market. And there's lots of people who said, that's a fool's errand. You just really can't do that very well. And so some part of your portfolio ought to stay in because if you get out, you might miss the best days. And if you miss the best days over and over and over and over again – you're just going to miss out on a not insignificant amount of money, like what I just talked about, over $380,000. So does that make sense? It makes total sense. So let's say you're relying on your portfolio to pay your bills in retirement. Which I think is the whole point in accumulating that money. Yes. (laughs) Well, when you say portfolio, I'm talking about the part that's actually invested in 
the market. Okay. You know, overall portfolio that could include real estate, it could include pensions, it could include annuities, it could include uh, cash value, life insurance, it could include a lot of different things. But the the amount that's in the market, if you're one of those folks who has decided, okay, I'm going to retire and I'm going to rely on the market with all its ups and downs to pay my bills. Again, if you say, should I buy the dips? In my mind, that says is, okay, I've got money on the sidelines and I'm trying to time the market. I'm trying to buy those dips. And if you end up being a little bit too hesitant and too scared and that money just sits in cash, then inflation eats you up over over a longer period of time. But if you're too aggressive, like if somebody got in in mid-2008, well, it went down a whole heck of a lot more in the second half of that year. And then it took a long time for it to get back to where it needed to be. And if you're pulling money out of your portfolio as that thing is going down and as it's coming back up, again, inflation, just purely inflation is going to eat your lunch. And so I go back to, well, what are you trying to accomplish? When you say buy the dip, are you just trying to say, yeah, I bought that electronic vehicle stock when it dipped? You know, for me, it's more of a, oh, wow, something's on sale. I can buy it at a good price and it'll be worth more later on. I think that's my mindset and a lot of other people, too. I think it's more we compare ourselves to each other. Ah, very well could be. At the high school reunion. Hey, did you see the dip the other day? Did you get in on that? <laughs> you could almost point out the people who showed up and I was like, wow, they're still comparing themselves mm -hmm. to each other. And uh we so, can't do that with our portfolios. No, you can't because everybody has a different risk profile. Everybody has a different spending profile. Again, it's a dangerous game to compare your portfolio and how you're going to spend your money. You know, we talked several weeks ago about a, a guy who we, I think we called him a blue collar millionaire. And you might have looked at his career and been comparing and it because of his spending profile – he could afford to try and buy the dips with a decent chunk of money because he saved a bunch because he kept his spending so low. Other folks have, have spent a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm not making a value judgment on either one of those. But what are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to get your portfolio, the amount that's actually invested in the market? What are you wanting that to do for you? I've met some people recently who, you know, that's their deal. They're in the market. They study it all the time, and they like to try and time it. And even those people will tell me, yeah, I totally missed out on that one. Or I invested in that, and it never went back up. And if you're relying on that for your retirement income, you got to be careful. Interact with the podcast and explore thriving more in your retirement at secondhalfcapital.com. Investment advisory services through Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Second Half Capital and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding their applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate 
fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investment and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors.